And we join now by Nadir Token, analyst at 274 Investment Managers. Good morning, Nadir. Good morning, Sakina. Good morning to your listeners. Nadir, let's start by taking a look at uh, local retailers and how they stack up compared to each other at this point. I mean, if we look at the index, uh, you know, overall, this, that sector of the market has done exceptionally well. Um, you know, obviously, over the last couple of months, it's come under a bit of strain, and that's in line with uh, evidence of the South African consumer coming under significant strain. So inflation uh, has been a problem outside the Reserve Bank target ban for a number of months now. Um, you know, the, the South African Reserve Bank has been on an incre- uh, interest rate increasing uh, trajectory for a while now, probably a year and a half ago cumulatively over which they've hiked interest rates by about 2%. Um, well, not by about, but by actually 2%. Um, you know, and that obviously has a strain on, uh, the, on, on consumers' pockets. You know, at the end of the day, we know that unemployment is still an issue. But, you know, overall, uh, the retailers have had a fantastic couple of years ever since the end of the financial crisis. And we look at the, if we look at the retailers um, that have done the best, uh, you know, it's been the retailers which have had the best cash earnings. It's been the retailers which have experienced the best growth, the best return on equity, um, you know, the likes of the Mr. Price and the Woolworths. So, uh, Sakina, those are probably the two quality picks in the sector, and as a result, they probably trade on the biggest premium, you know, above 20, for, 20 times forward earnings. Um, and the market is describing a lot of credibility to management there and a lot of ability to grow um, the, 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 the uh, earnings and a lot of credibility to grow profitability and a lot of credibility about the new ventures which they're embarking upon. Uh, you know, both companies now diversifying a substantial part of their earnings offshore, both in Australia in actual fact with uh, uh, Woolies purchasing David Jones for a substantial premium and Mr. Price trying to, you know, enter the Australian market in a meaningful way. So those are the two quality picks in the sector, Sakina, the best return on equity, um, and, but unfortunately they trade on the biggest premium and why that becomes an issue is, for example, uh, the other day when Mr. Price released a profit warning late last week or early last week, should I say, uh, we saw the stock price tumbling 18% in one day because the problem is that if you're trading on the most expensive multiple and you have the lowest dividend yield, you almost price for perfection. So when you release a bad piece of news, the market is going to take it badly and your stock price will be punished. And that's what happened with Mr. Price last week. We then have uh, Truist and the, the Fushini Group, Sakina. Those are the ones which are uh, probably the cheapest in the sector. Um, you know, the, the market probably perceives that as the lower quality businesses because despite the fact that they have a high return on equity, um, you know, and the foreigners have been big lovers of our, of our retailers, particularly Mr. Price, because of the high return on equity that they have. Uh, for retailers globally, you know, our, the return on equity on our retailers are phenomenally good. Um, and I think uh, the Truist and, and, and the Fushini Group, probably because of bigger chunk of their sales come from credit sales, and we saw that, uh, you know, the, the Fashini group mentioning that uh, new regulations being put in, uh, being put in place by the National Credit Re- Regulator uh, will impede their sales growth quite significantly, uh, somewhere in the region of around 250 million rand for this financial year, and they're obviously battling uh, these new regulations because they are highly dependent on credit sales. But, uh, Sakina, given the space that the economy is in, 
Um, and given how strained the consumer is, which what we just mentioned, uh, you know, these retailers obviously trade at a discount to uh, the premium retailers like Mr. Pr- like Woolworth, for example, or the, the high-quality retailers like Mr. Price um, because of their, their, their reliance on credit sales. And they, they probably trade in the mid-teens in terms of forward price-to-earnings multiples. And, uh, you know, they're coming under a lot of strain because of uh, credit coming under sale and the requirement for them to grow cash sales um, in, a very different, in a very difficult economy. But all in all, they also uh, have above-average return on equities. You know, we're talking about in the late 30% return on equity, which is obviously exceptional, but it's about how they grow earnings from this point, given the difficult economy, and obviously, given the discount they trade on the other, have the best dividend yield. So, Sakina, if you're going to summarize then, a retail sector which probably is divided into two parts. You've got the quality retailers, uh, you know, who have been with quality management teams and very low reliance on credit sales that are the premium part of the market, and uh, the retailers which are highly dependent on credit sales and need to relook at their strategy and need to start looking at going offshore, which are, you know, fairly good quality businesses but very dependent on a part of the market which is battling at the moment and those trade more cheaply. And then, Nadir, Eurozone uh, PMI data coming out today. What's to be expected there? Yeah, Sakina, over the last couple of months, we've seen evidence that the Eurozone economy has been slowing again. Um, You know, the ECB has stepped in with some very strong statements in terms of their bond buying program and their commitment to get economic growth and inflation going in the Eurozone again. Um, You know, while we expect uh, PMI data to remain in in expansion territory, i.e. above the the, the 50-point level, um, you know, it it, it is going to be sluggish relative to the data we're seeing at the beginning of the year, where we were all more optimistic that the Eurozone is recovering. Um, you know, obviously Brexit has had some sort of an impact in terms of sentiment there, and companies are, you know, holding back on investment for now, which obviously is going to affect um, economic growth. And we're likely to see that coming through in the numbers again with a sluggish PMI number. Um, and the next time that the ECB meets, and, uh, the, you know, they'll, they'll reassure markets that they're probably going to be extending their bond buying program or, in fact, even expanding their bond buying program, not just extending it, uh, you know, to try and get inflation and economic growth going again. I think ultimately, uh, you know, if we look at the jobs numbers which came out of the U.S. on Friday, 151,000 jobs added there. Um, you know, it's a, it's a very uh, lack, it's a very neither here nor there number. Um, you know, I, I think uh, the Federal Reserve is looking uh, to increase interest rates. Whether this gives them uh, enough ammunition to do so, we'll have to wait and see. Why that's relevant for the ECB is because because, um, you know, first of all, the U.S. is a big trading partner of the Eurozone. So if the U.S. economy is in a better space, uh, you know, that might be a leading indicator of the, of the, of the Eurozone economy uh, starting to find some firm footing. And number two, um, if, the, if the U.S. Federal Reserve starts to increase interest rates, that's obviously going to result in divergent monetary policy globally, um, you know, and, 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 and that will result in a weaker euro, and a weaker euro is ultimately good for Europe. Eurozone um, inflation. So the jobs numbers that came out of the U.S. on Friday, not much, uh, you know, can be read into that because it's not a booming number, neither is it a terrible number, um, and all eyes are on global central banks for the foreseeable future, both the ECB as well as the U.S. Federal Reserve. And then just uh, finally, Nadir, uh, what would it mean when debt managers actually say uh, what they, they won't buy more SOE debt? What does that mean? Yeah. Yes, Akin, I mean, we, so first of 
all, we have to put this into context. It's additional funds. So we obviously are making mention of a future growth announcement last week. That was the additional 1.8 billion rand um, of inflows that they have. They won't be looking to buy any SOE debt with that additional inflow. So, you know, in, in, so they have substantial exposure to SOE debt outside of these new inflows. So obviously it's not in any debt manager's interest for, uh, you know, SOE debt uh, the yields to start skyrocketing or to start spiking uh, because they will sustain substantial losses on the SOE debt which they already have on their books. So it's about uh, the incremental change rather than an absolute stance that they won't own any SOE debt. But, uh, Sakina, obviously it is fairly concerning because uh, our state-owned entities are, are very dependent on the debt markets to raise funding in order, in order to continue their operations. Um, and if it becomes more expensive for them to service their debt, uh, you know, they could dig themselves into a deeper hole with regards to their balance sheet strength, with regards to guarantees which they require from the Treasury. And that obviously has a broader impact on South Africa's sovereign rating um, if more SOEs need a, sovereign, need a, a debt guarantee. So in all, Sokina, what it actually means is that if the move taken by these debt managers results in other debt managers rushing to the door and saying, well, we don't want to hold SOE debt either, it's going to become a whole lot more expensive for these SOEs to raise debt, meaning that uh, they'll require more cash flow to service this debt. So either um, you know, the price of things like electricity or toll roads or water will have to go up, or you know, these, uh, these uh, state-owned entities will require more funding from the Treasury uh, in order to, or more guarantees from the Treasury um, in order to, to, to continue operating optimally. So not optimal, Sakina, if these debt yields go up. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, the South African consumers most reliant on these state-owned entities and South African businesses reliant on these state-owned entities uh, will bear the biggest burden from an increase in, in, in funding costs. On Nadir, we're going to leave it there for this morning. Thank you so much, Nadir Token, analyst at 274 Investment Managers. Not a morning person? Not a morning person? Sakina Kamwendo can change that. AM Live with Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM.